0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, we will get to the fun interview that we have in studio in one second. We'll let you introduce our guest, but I have an But unfortunately, f- you're going to harass me 1st I am. Go ahead. Get so it so out of your So my first system. question is, did you stay awake for the Michigan I playoffs? made it for about three quarters of the game. Okay. Yeah. Is, like, legitimate without falling asleep in the middle? Because that was an ugly game. No, I took a nap beforehand. All right. So what happened to your team? They played horribly. (laughs) That's an understatement. What really happened? (laughs) (laughs) They
1: played horribly.
0: I got no explanation for it. The uh, Texas Tech played better. We've we've got our guest here in studio, Lauren Hart. Lauren Jeff is a Michigan alum, and he loves to give me a hard time about how I went to Rutgers and my team is not good at like anything. So he brags about his women's basketball, women's basketball, and wrestling. We won a couple wrestling titles. Uh But uh, so he's been on his high horse about how well Michigan would be doing, and it just didn't happen last night.
2: Well, Michiganers are serious devotees.
0: See? Yeah, Jeff is definitely devoted to... It's called brainwashed, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Something like that. He's trying to get his son to go out there now, too. We'll see if that works out. All right, why
1: don't you ask Lauren a question instead of harassing me?
0: I can't tell you how excited I am to have Lauren Hart here in the studio. Um, People probably tell you all the time, I've, I've heard you sing God Bless America, the National Anthem, pretty much everything else for years. Your dad was the voice of the Flyers that I grew up on. So it's pretty cool to have you in the studio. Thanks so much for coming in.
2: Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm I'm happy I found you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, for our for our listeners, sometimes you can get lost in the building. So Jeff will draw people maps from. I own. know, Jeff, you're good with directions. Get I'm him. gonna start like leaving little breadcrumbs bro- for, yes. for people uh-huh. to find this studio. Yeah, what's it what's it like for you this time of year? It's coming to the end of the hockey season, and you know, obviously, this has been a, a really interesting season for the team in terms of the changes that they've undergone with management with Players, we now look like we have a goalie for the future. What's it like for you this time of year?
2: You know, it's always, it's always bittersweet for me at the beginning of the season and the end of the season um, for obvious reasons, missing my dad and, you know, kind of things coming to an end. Um, it's hard. I'm such a, I'm a crazy fan. I mean, that's the reason why I'm still there doing what I do. In addition to it being a tribute sort of to my father and, um, and to um, Ed Snyder, You know, the Snyder family, like I feel I'm the I'm one of the people that's still left from um, from the past there. And um, I uh, I I love doing it. And it's always sad for me as a fan to just have to go home. And that's it. Yeah.
1: Well, you, you just hit on something that that you're a part of is that the Flyers seem like an organization, at least to outsiders, people that aren't in it that is more of a family than just a plain old sports organization, from the fact that your father was there since the beginning and Mr. Snyder. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: What was it like for you growing up as part of that Flyers family and going through that whole experience?
2: Oh, my gosh. It's just, you know, come on. Like my (laughs) brother said once, it's like the greatest fantasy idea of what you should be in as a kid ever. Because you're running around arenas, and you're meeting all sorts of athletes, and it's just exciting, you know? It's, it's not like you have to have taste in music when you're younger, or you have to like them, films or certain things. Everybody loves sports, you know? So it's it was a very magic time. Um, I, I can say that I, I grew to be a bigger fan than I was when I was younger. My brother was always a huge Flyers fan, and I was too, but I kind of got into the sport of hockey as i as i got a little bit older um than when i was was younger but it's just you know i can't i can't put it into words because it really was just a a magical time and you
0: saw those big tough broad street bully teams yeah. i mean you saw a lot of Things moving from the spectrum over Mm. to the new arena. What was it like, uh, you know, we we ask people sometimes, what was it like with Mr. Snyder? You hear stories about him, and obviously we see the good works that he did back into the community with, you know, the Flyers and the hockey in Mm. the uh, community. What was it like for you to, to get to be with him?
2: You know, the interesting thing for me is, I was a little baby in the early day, you know? I was just too young to really have any kind of relationships with anybody. Just look up to people, but... I didn't know who, you know, I didn't talk to Bobby Clark or Bernie Perant or any of these people or Ed Snyder. Um, I was just a kid, and then I, you know, life went on. I went away. I went to school. I traveled a lot. When I came back, I was a grown up. Now all of a sudden, I have a different relationship with all these people. Um, it was less um, everybody's kid to being more like friendly and an adult, you know, adult conversations and. You know, you're you're right about the family atmosphere. I know they talk about that a lot um, over the years, but it really always was. And that you contribute to um, Ed Snyder a lot by promoting um, that kind of ideal. And it includes the fans. It's not just a behind-the-scenes thing. It includes our fans. And it really is an interesting um, community of people. And it's just, you know, the continuity is crazy because, you know, I can remember looking at Bernie Perron's hands when I was a kid and he would show me his calluses on his hands <laughs> and his ring. And now he's like, he's, now he's my buddy, you know, I'm, fr- I'm
0: he still has the calluses on his yeah, hands. <laughs>
2: and it was like, he was like this magic guy. And now he's like the guy I see every time when I go into work, you know, every time I go to a game, but you know, um, Ed Snyder very interesting character, and I I think I had the privilege. His daughter, Lindy, is is one of my besties ever, Um, but I had the privilege to know him as a family guy, and I knew him as um, a sweetheart, a really gentle, kind, um, nurturing guy. Um, But (laughs) I also saw him fly down that hallway after a loss or something that he (laughs) didn't like. (laughs) And you could be scared of that. You could be scared of that.
0: <laughs> he took his hockey seriously.
2: He did. And that's what you know, that's what I everybody loved so much about him. That's why he was an owner that could walk out in front of all the fans and, and the and people would cheer. Because he wasn't just a business guy. He really wanted to win. Everybody could feel that. You know, and, and for me I had um The good fortune of knowing him as like a as a fatherly sort of figure, and also as a friend, Um, and he was just he was a lot of fun. He was a lot he was a lot of fun. So underneath that buttoned up, you know, scary guy, Mr. Snyder, business, Mr. Mm -hmm. Snyder, you know, he'd look over and be like, "I'm wearing the same socks, and I got my T-shirt under my suit," (laughs) you know, and so. It 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 was always a lot of fun mm-hmm. to be there with him, and he is greatly missed. He is greatly as as is the entire family for sure.
1: Well, I've been to a couple games this year where I, uh, one of my partners has seats in the corner, um, and it's right by where you do the national come out for the national anthem, and what I've noticed is is that. Your the hearts are now into a third generation. It appears cool? of hockey fans, and so what is it like for you? Your your dad took you and your brother mm. to games, obviously. For you now to have your kids at the game, and I see they're they're pretty brave kids because one of them seems to be up against the glass and doesn't even flinch mm-hmm. when they come flying against the glass.
2: Yeah, that's my little, um, you know, it's 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 like reliving the whole thing every time when I take my children because I remember being a kid and doing the same exact things and um my my youngest my little guy is a, is a hockey player and he gets up on that glass I let I, you know we stand there for a minute or two after I'm done singing just so he can see and um he has no fear I still flinch every time they hit the boards <laughs> because it's just it's awesome when you're down there and you see these guys flying and you when you're close up you really See the impact that they have and the speed that they're going at. Yeah, that—that's what
1: impresses me is the speed.
2: Yeah, you know, I was talking to one of the building guys the other day, and you know, it's football and golf and it's all sports on a blade. You know, it's—it's it's imagining like being this greatest athlete ever mm-hmm. with all your skills, but then you're doing them on blades while you're walking. Yeah, on we've the seen ice. how gritty yeah. handles yeah. ice. So <laughs> yeah, so it's—it's it's really you know, I—I I mean. I'm just a hardcore fan, but I just think hockey is just so mesmerizing to me still to watch these athletes and the size of these guys on these blades is is pretty awesome. So I just love it. We have a good time. How did
0: you get into singing the National Anthem for the Flyers?
2: So, you know, I always wanted to sing it when I was younger because throughout the years they always had a consistent singer who would be there, you know, game in and game out. And that just wasn't my time to do it, you know, and I— I moved back into the area after um, having lived overseas for several years, and I wanted to be close to my family, and my dad was going into the Hall of Fame, the Hockey Hall of Fame, and so they had asked if I would come and sing that night, because they were going to do opening night and honor him for, for that great achievement, and would I walk him out and would I sing? And I. I thought, well, yeah, you know. I'd done it before a few times at the Spectrum, but I was never, like, the person. There was always, there was always somebody, like, kind of else that did it consistently. Um, and, you know, that just wasn't my my, my gig back then, you mm-hmm. know. But I had sung it a few times. So I came back to sing it for, um, for that special evening. And when I came off the ice, um, uh, they said, do you want to do it every night? <laughs> And that was uh, Linda Manti and, and Ron Ryan at the time. And I said, well, sure, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. And, you know, honestly, I thought when I started, I had moved back here to be close to my dad and be close to my family. You know, he wasn't in the greatest of health. But I, I kind of thought, well, yeah, I'll do this, and then I'll, just, I'll move on as soon as I get another gig. Of course, I won't be here. You know, I'll, this Not, is now my Now you'll mind. be doing this for you know, yeah, because this is you know I'm an artist. I make records and I write for films and I do this full time. And I'm still always amazed that people come up and say, "Do you do, you do music outside of here?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, yes, I do." But let um, me tell
0: you about my latest album. Yeah, yeah. So well, I could I could yeah. tell you
1: that I didn't I didn't grow yeah. up around here. So yeah. I moved here. The first time I actually ever heard you sing, mm-hmm. I think I mentioned to you in an email was you opened up for Mark Cohn.
2: That's right. Uh, yeah. Was
1: the first time I was there to for a Mark Cone concert, mm-hmm. and you opened up for him. I yeah. didn't know you from the flyers. That's a music guy. Yeah, yes. loves, I know. I can tell. I yeah.
0: love it. Loves he his. Went music, to see Mark That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, no, he he enjoys that. And then so it it moves on, and now in addition to the national anthem, mm-hmm. you do God Bless America. Bless, God Bless America with Kate Smith. Yeah, and that to me is so cool. How they do that back and forth. How did that come about? And and for you as somebody who probably grew up watching her Mm. sing what what's that been like for you
2: so you know i never i never saw kate smith sing and i i knew who she was obviously because she was synonymous with the flyers and those cups those um stanley cups they had won but i knew the tradition and it was kind of sacred you know that whole um god bless america and the team and you know i it it was originally created by Ron Ryan who was the past president of the Flyers he was a huge hockey uh, music fan excuse me and he loved the Nat King Cole and Natalie Cole version of unforgettable and so he thought well why wouldn't it be great if we could put you together and you could do a duet and i thought yeah that, that would that would be pretty special and I, and then that was it and then one day i got a call he's like all right you want to come in and rehearse it yeah. And I said, okay, so I go down. And in my mind, I kind of knew – I had a feeling, well, if that did happen, this is how it would go, A, B, C, and D. And that video came up, and he said, you know, you start. And I said, okay. So I start, and it just was so natural and so just spot on that that night we did it. I think I practiced it maybe twice. Wow. And yeah, we mm-hmm. did it that night. And, you know, for people that lived in that era um, – It's such a cool thing. I I think it's just a cool thing in general. Forget about the past, the present. You know, if you go to a sporting event, you're not really seeing (laughs) split screen duets of anthems and things like that. So it was really creative on their behalf, and um, uh, just such a such a cool moment. And people really do. It doesn't matter if you were around at that time or not. People just feel that energy. You know, I didn't have to be around or see Kate Smith sing to know the the story and to feel that excitement. And when I'm down there, when that goes up, people just go nuts. And I, I think... I was going to say, the arena yeah, gets electric when It really do does, that. yeah. And some people feel like, well, let's leave it in the past. Let's leave that behind. The past, you know, let's get on to a new era and and this stuff. But but the thing is, is entertaining is entertaining. You know, it doesn't... It, it's, you know, we're so super and we're looking for things to find but you know it's really just a fun entertaining thing and and I know I I get a kick out of it because people I see people's faces and how they enjoy it so I always have fun doing it.
1: Well with regard to singing for the people that don't know as we just mentioned you do a lot of singing outside of here. I do. So can you tell us a little bit about you have some new music now.
2: I do. I do. I have a, a new album coming out in spring, in May, and um, it's kind of a two-part thing. So some of it will come out in May, and then the rest of the final big project comes out in September. Um, it's all original music. I play guitars and pianos and anything else they'll let me do besides sing. And um, yeah, it's original music. It's sort of pop, rock, soul, you know, kind of singer-songwriter mesh of things and i've i've always done it you know i've always been making music um all this time and uh did th- did theater traveled for that um s- did a lot of opening acts with Tori amos and different people over the years and fiona apple I saw tom
0: petty right tom
2: petty I thought oh. that was, I thought that was pretty cool, yeah tom, what well, you know what I recorded my very first album in the studio in the studio with, with Tom that was I saw
0: what the red hot chili peppers yeah. were there, yeah yeah i'm not jeff jeff, I'm not the music guy in the studio, Jeff yeah. is, but I was impressed with those people you were recording your first record with,
2: yeah, you know it was so it was you know there's a legendary studio out in California called sound city, um and it was where nirvana made smells like teen spirit mm-hmm. and all these this great music came out of of the studio um. And when I went in to do my first album, there were, like, three rooms or or more in that place. And, you know, we were in there for a length of time. And during that time, we had Johnny Cash and we had Chili Peppers. So I was there when they did the kazoos for, you know, Roller Coaster and then Tom Petty. And um, just it was just, like, such an amazing, like, hey, I want to be a rock star. Let's imagine, like, the greatest situation you can put yourself in or be in and it'll happen. And it was just a a real cool, cool time to to be there. And I'd actually done a cover of a Fleetwood Mac song to be included in this album. And it was uh, Go Your Own Way, um, which is kind of a up-tempo Fleetwood song. And um, we had slowed it down and done it in this very dark and dramatic way. And don't you know, here they come walking in and they're going to hear me doing this. Fleetwood Mac? Yeah, and wow. I was horrified. Was that intimidating? I, I thought, oh my gosh, like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, what if they what will they think and I'm taking their music and I'm just twisting it all around?" And, you know, and he walked in, Mick walked in and said, "Ah, um, oh, that's the way we should have done it." And that must he, have been an amazing.: yes. feeling. It's like the best yeah. compliment you can get it, right. It, there. You know what? It couldn't. I was just hoping for him not to just, you know. And just totally no you can't my whole do this. life for the rest of time, but yeah, but no, it was so it was just a really it was a really cool moment, you know, and over the years we've recorded a lot in California, but we've worked you know a lot mostly in Philly and New York.
0: I saw you've had songs picked up in soap operas and movies what yep. what's that like to to be watching something, and all of a sudden there's your music as <sighs> the bed to the the it's, soundtrack.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, you you find ways. You know, if you don't have that breakout giant single, you find ways to 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 work as a musician and make it. And so one of the ways we do do that is by you know, getting our our music in in films and television, and it, it's just always fun. It's it's not as easy to do that anymore. I, I have to say two things. You know, when I started. Um, you know, like big big stars like Beyonce and things like that. They didn't want their stuff on television. They didn't want their stuff in movie because it was their stuff. You right. know, they didn't want it to support other things. Um, not to use her as a specific example, but you know, it wasn't kind of cool. You know, you didn't sell your you didn't sell your music for a car commercial. Now or, everybody or, oh for rock a, musicians a wasn't that like the major taboo? No. Sold out
1: if you do sold that. Sold yeah. out. <laughs>
2: So I was selling out <laughs> because that's how you, you, you know, like I said, that's how you earn a living as a, as a, as an artist, as a musician. And when I started doing the anthem, nobody was doing the anthem. It was not like, well, I'll say hockey teams, kudos to us. Cause we've always had great anthem singers mm-hmm. throughout the league. And, um, but you know, doing an anthem wasn't a thing, you know, it was just like something that had to happen to get on with the game and. It wasn't it wasn't a thing, you mm-hmm. know. And and then over the years, now you're like you're just everyone's like, Who's gonna sing at the Super Bowl? you know, and who's gonna sing right. at the cup and you know, so it it has evolved over time and it's just become something kind of different.
0: You ended up combining both actually, the night the movie Miracle. You sang the national anthem after the nineteen eighty hockey team. That's right. <laughs> so you got to combine all the things out there for you.
2: That's right. Yeah, that was just very serendipitous. A friend of mine, um was friends with the producer of the movie and the director and you know they said they're going to do an anthem scene and can we use your version and of course i said yes not knowing really what the movie was or what was you know how it was going to be received but um yeah and then that's like one of the greatest if not the greatest hockey movie ever right
0: i I love it that that hockey story itself is great yeah
1: it is yeah and
2: that's one of the times that i've heard my music even though it is the anthem again but, you know, in the scene, there's like a pan over New York City and it flies down into Madison Square Garden for this game. And as you're going through the city, all of a sudden my voice comes up. And I just I remember seeing it and I just lost it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Can I, I couldn't imagine if my if my dad had still been around, what he would have thought, like how proud he would have been and how cool it is that we've sort of our our paths have interconnected you know mm-hmm. in an in a way that you would never have expected you know i'm not in sports he wasn't truly in music although he was a great lover of music um so it's just a really um interesting and and unique and very special connection that we that has been forged here and that you know sort of you know when someone says carrying on the voice of the flyers i just like melt because i just think i you know I'm his biggest fan, you know, so it's just the greatest compliment.
1: As most of our listeners know in this area, um, you also went through some struggles. Yeah. Um, what was that like, and what was it like to to have the Flyers around you at that time?
2: Well, my dad had passed away in the summer, and um, I had probably been um, sick with cancer myself at that time. He had passed. He had had cancer and didn't even know it. So I had said after my, my dad was gone, I said, you know, I'm going to sing every game this season as a tribute to to him in honor of him. And um, I didn't realize that that fall, you know, I was going to get sick and I was going to soon find out that I had cancer too. Um, so when I did find out, I did go to the team and I said, you know, this is what's happening if you don't want me here, I understand. Um, I don't know what the, it's going to look like. I don't know how I'm going to respond to this. I don't know if I'm going to make it, you know. <laughs> but I still wanted to sing. And so I said, if, if you want to have me, then I, I'd still love to do it. And it, they didn't hesitate to say, of course we want you here. You know, they embraced me with everything they had. That's behind the scenes, the players, the other teams, the fans. And it, it was such a great lifeline for me. Because without my dad around, the Hartz family still felt so embraced by this group of people there and by this ice hockey community that it it was a lifeline, you know. And I wasn't, um, you know, while my music career was kind of happening at the same time, whereas in in the world of Hit singles and videos. Well, really, nobody wanted somebody with cancer out there, you know. But in my hockey world, everybody wanted me to stay. So it gave me an opportunity to sing, and I really lived for that, you know, that minute and a half, you know, several times a week. It kept me motivated. It kept me, you know, get up, get out, you can do this. And um, you know, I didn't plan it to turn out the way that it did. I, I'd like to say that I had foresight and I was a trailblazer. I was really just like, you know. Just trying to survive, really, and everybody saw it because I couldn 't wear a wig, it was just too hot, and it just looked like old fashioned and i didn 't want to do that, so I just came out with my bandana every night and and did this thing, not realizing that I was connecting with you know thousands of people every night whose whose sister had cancer, whose mom had cancer who' gone through it themselves who had mm-hmm. gone through it themselves, who were going through it at that moment, you know, and so the, this um, this other relationship was sort of forged with with everyone that has ever been touched by this disease and who is a Flyers fan, you know. We we kind of all came at an impasse and and as awful as that was, it it's one of the main reasons why I stuck around, besides the fact that they still wanted me to. But it's it's one of the it's the main reason I stayed. Because I felt like I felt like I was still around in great part to having that support and that love and that family and the Snyder family and, and, and all the people that were part of the team at the time, the players. And so it was, um, it was, you know, <laughs> I can't imagine what it would have been like without them, honestly.
0: You only missed one game uh, with the treatment that you got all season, and That's that was right. when you had surgery. You, yep. you did every other game, and I saw you say something about those 90 seconds that it was a power you didn't have for the rest of your 24 hours when right. you're undergoing treatment. How important did that power become for you, that 90 seconds, in terms of something to look forward to as you were going through these challenges?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I looked forward all week to it. You know, I was having a hard time walking to the mailbox. A lot of people, you know, they saw that I didn't have hair, and but I came out smiling every night, so I don't know if people that don't understand the illness knew what I was going through outside of that stadium, but I wasn't making it to the mailbox out of my house. So I was having, I was, there was a time I was really, really struggling there. But if I knew on Thursday and Saturday or Thursday and Sunday, I had a game, I kind of focused in all week on that. And, you know, it spent me sometimes all day um, to get ready to go do that and as as far as the singing, I don't know where that came from because that was just a gift because I, I was not feeling the way that I was singing, but I really felt like I was singing like at another level at that moment, you know? So it's kind of one of those strange things that happen sometimes.
1: Well, n- now that you are healthy and you beat it. Yes. You... <laughs> you have kind of paid it forward. You've been very active in the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. You were honored as the Humanitarian of the Year by the Friends of the American Cancer Society. We often talk about athletes and and sports organizations and how they give back to community. Um, do you think it's important? Is this something that you, you do because you think you have to or is it, is it a passion that you have? How did you get involved in it?
2: Well, I mean obviously like I just felt that so much love come towards me during that time and people wrote me letters and um, I was, I felt so supported and I thought wow, what a huge difference that made in my life. You know, my best friend to this day is, is who she is because she wrote me a letter saying that she had had cancer when she was 16 and don't worry, you'll be fine. You'll be, you're going to do this. Wow. And you know, a boy, a boy, from high school that I hadn't spoken to in in years, and he called me and said, you know, I had this too. You're going to be fine. And sometimes that was all it took. You know, you just wanted something to hold on to. And knowing how important that is, I definitely wanted to pay that forward. And so if I can show up at somebody's gig and sing God Bless America or sing something or I can drop somebody an email or a phone call, it's such a small thing to do to really... Maybe change somebody's whole outlook because I know people for sure did it for me. I know for a fact um, those calls meant everything, and the people that stepped up to the plate right away were were so so important, like you know my first phone call was Eric Lindros right on the right on the call first right away, and you know to say that the whole team was with me and you know all my friends and family and got a guy called me up. He's like, you don't know me from Adam, but my name is Adam Burke. <laughs> and he was someone that had just joined the Flyers at the time and didn't even know me and called me. So it's, you know, everybody deals with it in different ways. Everybody handles it in the way that suits them and feels right to them. Some people don't like to do all this. Some people like to just put it where, you know, in the past and move forward. Mm-hmm. But I always felt like the fact that People embraced me that way. That there was, you know, it was no question I was going to jump in, you know, full force and and just be an advocate and be a peer counselor and anything else I could do to sort of give back to that world.
0: I have no idea how to transition back to hockey after <laughs> such a heavy topic, but I'm going to well, try well, and well, do it not yeah. smoothly. So when are we do we get a duet with you and Gritty? <laughs> oh, man, Gritty, man. <laughs> he he doesn't talk. You. <laughs> what do you, what do you think of Gritty? We had Dave Raymond in here uh, about a month ago, maybe a little longer, and. We talked about sort of what he expected in terms of reaction from the Mm -hmm. city originally and then how it changed and he was embraced. Uh, What are your thoughts on on the new Phillies mask or the new Flyers mask? I I think the first
1: question should be, what were your initial Initial reactions?
2: (laughs) I initially was horrified.
1: How about (laughs) your kids?
2: I don't know. I think they kind of hated it and loved it at the same time. Yeah, Uh it scared me. it's just so out of anything the Flyers have (laughs) ever done before because the Flyers are you know hockey people you know I think in all the league there were only two teams that didn't have a mascot and it was the Rangers and the Flyers you know we were just too tough and and we were not going to have things like that around but within I would say 48 hours I just thought I thought this guy's making people happy it's just so funny and he's so strange and weird and wonderful and you know I I think people have Bought in full force with him. Obviously, you know I've ne- I don't think I've ever seen a reaction to a mascot um, that's you know ends up on the Tonight Show and you know John Jimmy Oliver. Fallon and John Oliver <laughs> and the Nightly News and just you know it's just this strange and wonderful phenomenon. So I think I think he's amazing and honestly. I just saw a, a video of um, the fanatic and gritty together dancing, and I was just like, just sitting there watching. It just makes people happy. It's yeah. just ridiculous. It's just and pure. Funny. It's pure joy. It's Weren't pure they outside joy.
1: yesterday tailgating? They were. Mm-hmm. They were. Thought, and yeah. Bryce
0: Harper was wearing a T-shirt that had them on him. It was a pulp fiction. Yeah, take-off. shooting. Yeah. Shooting the, the uh, yeah. The fanatic guns, had a hot yeah. dog gun. Yeah. <laughs> um all I right. think
2: that the, I think the fact that gritty is a little bit of a you know. A, a brawler you know he's a little he's a tough guy he's got a, he's niche. Got a smart aleck. and
0: his social media funny. account is hilarious
2: it's brilliant it's <laughs> <He's> absolutely a- <laughs> brilliant
0: all right and i know you're the huge flyers fan like you've mentioned you've seen a long time of goalies come through this mm-hmm. city uh carter hart uh tell me how excited you are to have him now back oh, there oh man There's not just, just because of his last name
2: well, that too. <laughs> Have um, you gone like
0: on
1: Ancestry to find out if there's any <laughs> relationship at all? We're all sort of related somewhere down the line. I don't know.
2: No, but um, it's just cool because I'll walk around the arena and I see Hart on the back of jerseys, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. I kind of <laughs> like that. Yeah. No, he's first of all, and couldn't be nicer person. Absolute kind and gent- you know just really cool guy, and um, uh, he's he's gifted in. A spectacular way I mean the poise that he has at that age you know just think about yourself at 19 and 20 like you know you couldn't drive your car right let alone I just turned you know. 40
0: and I don't have that poise yeah. yet. yeah so.
2: I mean I watch him during these games and even the games when we're not playing as well and we're not winning it just he just steps up to the plate right away he's such a he's a, a leader I think he gave the team a tremendous boost um, when he started to play and he's just really focused, and you know, I think we are so lucky to have him. And it's just going to be more exciting every year to see see how he grows and he what seem, happens. He
1: seems more mature than his age.
2: Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't know him real well. Mm-hmm. I, I, all I know is I, I we did a little photo thing, a little yeah. play on the Heart to Heart, that old TV show, and um, I had my little my little boy with me, and he was just you know super nice to my. To my kid, and my Beck is his name, and he plays hockey. And, you know, I was telling Carter, I said, yeah, if Beck plays hockey, and Carter said, oh, what position do you play? And he's like, I'm the center. And he's like, oh, great, don't be a goaltender. Your parents (laughs) won't like that. (laughs) Parents don't like kids that are goaltenders. It's well, it's true. Nobody wants anybody shooting, shooting at their at kids, at yeah, for you know, a living. For, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. As, as a grown up. But what could go wrong? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but at least you know, they have masks now. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you're not a great team without a great goalie, and he's consistent in this in this amount of time. So we'll see. You know, coming in for a second season. You know, when he didn't play a whole one even this year, we'll see how that goes. But. Everything that you see and everything that you hear um, implies and indicates that he's just going to just keep getting better.
1: Aren't you already excited for next season?
2: I really am. I really, really am. We have so many good players. I, I think where we're ending up here at the end of the year doesn't really reflect the talent that's on this team. You know, I I stay out of the sports uh <laughs> The sports banter because it's just it, no. Nah, go
0: for it. You got a mic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that I have a mic and I'm going to ask right out here. Um,
2: yeah, I I feel like that people say trade this one and get rid of that one and we need to do this, but I, I will assure you, yeah, you need talent, but these guys are all at such an an amazing level of of skill and ability the whole league I mean nobody's out there and just you know well I won't say nobody but for the most part they're they're all deserving to be where they are and um, you know the guys on our team you know you go down the list now and there's they're all strong they're all really good and it's like having a, a band and I'm gonna go to Philly and get the best guitar player the best session drummer there is the best bass player but we might not make great music you know so in a, in in addition to having talent you have to have that feeling you have to have that it's it's not something you put into words mm-hmm. it's a connection it's a chemistry and when things go right they go more right and they go more right you know and so it, it it's very simple and it's not really that complicated yeah is there some better combinations do we wish we had this player or that player of course, you know. Which do we wish Wayne Gretzky was on our team? You know, of course we wanted him on our team. I'll take him even now. Yeah, we'll take yeah, him now right, for sure. Yeah. Probably still but, play well. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind. Of, it's that thing of, you know, if I go out and I sing and I'm not singing my best that night, you know, and I don't give a top perform. What I think is a great performance. If I'm kind of off, the next time I have to go out there, I am like. Mm. I am so uptight, and if I do it a couple times in a row where I didn't quite hit the note the way I wanted or I, uh, you know I have a cold and I'm just not there, um, if that happens a few times, now I'm terrified. You know really? Yeah, now mm. I'm really scared to go mm-hmm. out there. And it, it often takes me, you know, if, if I have that situation, because you know, you're singing this song a lot, of, a lot of times during the year, and it's not an easy song it's a specific, you know, there are a lot of great singers that don't do it well. And I've just had a lot of practice. So I mean, I think it's the same for for the team, you know, if they go out and have a bad game or a couple bad games, you get that weight on your back, it's really hard to shake. You know, I'm not an athlete, but I'm a I'm a performer, I'm an entertainer. So I have to go out there and do my do this thing. And it's not, you know, it's this much little thing compared to what what they're doing Mm -hmm. but I think it's the same thing so I think what they have now is I really think these guys have a great connection I really you can see it and so I think winning will be get more winning you know the more energy will just it will just you know um, magnify what they have and it it can only be better I think you know because I think I think we have a great team
1: Well, as a performer, before I let you go, I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. When are we going to get to see you? sing
0: with Mark Cohn opening for you? <laughs> ah, well, let's give him a call and okay. find out. Okay, yeah. Let's see Jeff what he's will up work to on to these that. days. Jeff, I, believe, I have no me, doubt. Believe me, guests yeah. suggest things and Jeff follows up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <I> <laughs> we had John you.
0: Oates on. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Oh, they were Temple great. Temple guy. They mm-hmm. were great. Yeah, they, we, we've had a good time with it. How can people find your music and how can people find out more about you? Tour? Will you be touring? Looking.
2: Yes and yes and yes. Um, Laurenheart.com, that's easy. Um, All all the dates are on there and... Um, it'll keep you up to date with new music. And, um, I think we, um, we have a few shows coming up in town. So yeah, if people are out, I always try to get people to make that bridge between, yeah, I do more than, I'm more than on the ice, but more than hockey. Some people I need to be in that zone. But well, um yeah, I always encourage all the fans to come out. I think they they get it really they get a kick out of it cuz they're like, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea." You I didn't know, know she did that. <laughs> yeah, I well, didn't know we'll, you could do that.
0: We'll make sure to keep up on it and keep people updated and, we'll be and, and yeah, Jeff be great. Jeff will definitely be front row cuz he's a music guy like I said. Absolutely. Um, we okay. can't thank you enough for coming in. That we could talk to you for all day about stories, but we know you got other stuff to do and so thank you so much for the time. We oh, really appreciate it. I had
2: a great time. Thanks, Thanks for having more. me. Thanks. All right, Jeff,
0: why don't we head the break when we come back? We got plenty more to talk about. Don't worry. We do. We do. Stick All with right. us. Taking you into the weekend with the latest news in the world of sports. With the biggest names on and off the field. It's the Heart of Sports, each and every Friday at 4 p.m. on 610 ESPN. With former players, reporters, and commentators like Adam Schefter, John Runyon, Keith Jones, Trey Thomas, and Doug Glanville, Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen cover the agony and ecstasy of fandom while weaving in conversations about the impact of sports on society. That's the Heart of Sports, Fridays at 4 p.m.
1: Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family.
0: Today in school, I learned a lot in chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics, I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. In history, I learned that I'm trash. Today in school, I learned that I I have no friends. friends. In In English, I learned that I make people sick. And And at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I smell. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In biology,
2: I learned that I'm fat and stupid. And in math, I I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school
0: today... The only thing I didn't learn today... The only thing I didn't learn... Is why no one ever helps. Kids
1: witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to the Heart of Sports on 610 ESPN. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen. Jeff, I could have kept Lauren here all day talking. I know,
1: but you really, I would have preferred she stayed for the whole hour because I know what's going to happen now, too.
0: Yeah, I'm going to talk to you about Michigan. There's so much more to
1: talk to her about, but yeah, I don't want to talk about Michigan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to let Michigan go. But we are going to talk a little bit about uh, the NCAA tournament. And since we're talking about the NCAA tournament, we've got our own tournament bracket going on that I want you to be able to tell people about for our High Hopes Phillies Minor League Rundown. Yeah,
1: for our baseball fans, we are running a bracket that involves all of the Phillies Minor League mascots. Yes. There seems to have been a hitch with it, though. What's the hitch? Well, you know what the
0: hitch is. Tell me. I don't know what the hitch. Our listeners don't know the hitch.
1: Well, Redding thinks that we
0: left off a mascot. Right? So you are under the so, belief that a ho- a vendor is yeah. not a mascot. So uh, for people that know the Redding fightens,
1: they have a, a guy named the Crazy Hot Dog Vendor who comes out and throws hot dogs at you um, <laughs> with an ostrich that he's riding, which is why they now have an ostrich I just ostrich want you to say that me. in a generic context. <laughs> what, just throwing the, hot dogs yep. at you? Hot dogs now, and an Well, you know, and people like it. Mm-hmm. and
0: but I'm sure they do. <laughs>
1: when, when I think of mascots i usually think of people in furry costumes the moral right? of
0: the story is that redding was not thrilled with your omission of the hot dog vendor well they,
1: yeah they immediately took, <laughs> and and the weird thing <laughs> is we have like four of their mascots yeah they have a whole they band have a, basically of mascots, a bracket right for themselves of so they we only had eight slots we did an elite eight i didn't want to go too far and so they wanted to know how could you do this without <laughs> The crazy hot With that, vendor, but uh, so
0: now you're going to have to research the vendors for another I, bracket. Yeah, we
1: we spent a lot of time at the minor <laughs> leagues. We, we hope everybody likes what we do, but it's interviewing <laughs> players and coaches and GMs. It is not usually interviewing vendors, although it's we like, have done dirt. Who is the? Uh, the grounds the, crew. The grounds it crew looks guy. like
0: you may have to make nice with an interview with the hot dog. Yeah, tender. but but
1: I want to state on the record okay. as a lawyer, I had to research this and make sure that I was right, and <laughs> and I have concluded Why? you will I come be on shocked, the radio right? Stuff that's not that, right all the that time. That I am right, and the reason that I am right is <laughs> wait, because wait. you did research
0: and have concluded that you are right. Yes, you needed to research to reach that conclusion. No, but I just
1: want to be able. <laughs> I I need. I want. Stop, okay? <laughs> so they have on their own website a mascot band. And the mascot band has a duck, and you a are dog and me. a turtle and a, a baseball named Screwball. Jeff,
0: you're killing me. They, <laughs> they as part of us. the band,
1: I'm telling you right now, they do not have the crazy hot dog vendor and, and if oh, unless he has no musical ability. I am so- He's right. a vendor, not a mascot. To our listeners, I'm sorry for asking. There you go. All right,
0: let's get back to the NCAA tournament, the real basketball. Speaking of which, I believe the play-in bracket might have ended, so we'll have to check that. It ended. You'll give me the yes. updated results. Have you watched any of the games other than Michigan uh, in that, terms of the Sweet 16? That
1: Purdue game was incredible for MSc several coming reasons. Coming back from
0: 18 points down. Well,
1: well, that's, well you, can, you put it a spin on that way. <laughs> you I look think at Purdue it. Coughed per, up 18 Purdue was just Choking big time, and see,
0: I thought you you, you follow the journey kind of guy yeah. talk
1: about the skill, and then you go with a choke. I
0: thought that you know. really
1: was they just tightened up, okay, Um and some they got it to oh, and then they, so they're down by two, they have fouled with one second. Oh, left. that was I couldn't. And believe. Carson Edwards, their best player, misses the first, misses the first and one, the and you just you aren't you thinking. For that guy, whatever you think of Purdue, were you not sitting there going, please make those – you
0: do not want him to go through life. Wait, as a Michigan but, guy, you were cheering for Purdue well, to – Yeah, was a Big Ten well, 10 well,
1: thing. well, not only that. I, I, I just – unless it's Ohio State, I can get past the Big Ten thing. I just think when you – sit, these are – I still think of these guys as kids. I mean, some of them are a year older than my own son. And I sit there and I look at it and go, wow, I would – I can't imagine the pressure, pressure. of that moment. He's got three free throws.
0: His team's down by two. He misses the first one. skill doesn't necessarily help you handle pressure. No. It prepares you to be in that pressure moment, but there's so much more than just skill to succeed in that moment. And
1: they they had a guy on, 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 I forget what his name was, that was like three for four from three-point land and was 0 for five from the
0: free throw line, which just goes to show you it's not talent. Sometimes it's, it's just your head yeah it's uh, it's you know that's why we talked to some of the players about sports psychology and everything else that goes into it. Virginia advanced so clearly uh John Brazier is happy these days, yeah,
1: you know somebody please uh, uh, I'm begging the NCAA, to stop starting games at
0: 10 o'clock at night.
1: I don't care what time it is (laughs) out in California. Now you
0: sound like me, Jeff. Oh, come on. What
1: what do you mean? Oh, I thought, see, I didn't even think that was what was going to come out of your mouth. I thought you were just going to say that I was
0: old. No, I'm the one who doesn't like late starts. There
1: is no way that NCAA tournament games need to start. At ten o'clock at night. No, I look. I like the Philly's. and it's not fair to East Coast. I teams, like the Phillies start
0: yesterday at three o five. It was perfect.
1: Well, opening day, the Phillies do it right. They usually have the game at three o'clock or three thirty on opening day. And even though it requires for kids getting out of school early, I could tell you for over a decade, I I would take your my sundown. I would go down to the principal's office. It's one of the few times you don't mind going down to the principal's office, and I would go to sign my kid out. And I can't tell you how many other moms and dads We're are there, the and they're feeling bad because they're wearing their Phillies jersey or Phillies something. And you didn't feel bad at and, all. You felt and no then shame. A, no. And the, well, then a principal a comes out, or somebody goes, so you're going to the Phillies game with the other yeah. half of the school, huh? Did
0: you see the note that I shared from MLB? Yes. The get out of school, mm-hmm. get out of work. Uh, let's talk a little Phillies. They haven't finished above 500 since 2011. Okay. And so you haven't seen excitement around a baseball They're team in, first place. in this city like you've had in a long time. Uh, it was electric down there at the ballpark yesterday. So I want to go through some of what we saw. And then I want to go through the immediate fan backlash because Bryce Harper didn't hit four home runs yesterday. Oh, you mean by the guy in the, the studio but, next yeah, to us? Yeah, by the person yeah. who comes in and goes, right. oh, it's Bryce. I'm like, come yeah. on. Really, it's one game. Uh-huh. All right, Jeff. It started with McCutcheon blasting a home run. First first at bat. First at bat. First at, the at Philly. bat. Then it was a dominating pitching performance by the way, by Arenola, did, even while he didn't have his best stuff and had a bunch of walks. Right. But he battled through it. Well, he struck out a, a and ton. And struck too. out yeah. a ton. Right. Then Mikel Franco blasts a three run home run. Yeah, that's a number eight hitter. And then, that's that's right. Mm-hmm. Look, you're, you're one through the hitters that were on this team last year mm-hmm. put up nine of the ten runs yesterday. Yeah, the, now, that's not going to happen. All the time. No, but pitcher is what, like what they said yesterday is that pitchers on the other team don't have
1: any batters off. It's, you have a one through eight lineup that can
0: do damage. So then Bryce Harper comes up later in the game and he walks. Uh-huh. And Intentionally. God, God forbid he take an intentional walk because right. he's got no control over that. Mm-hmm. To which in spring training, after Reese Hoskins hit his home first home run, and Bryce Harper met him at home plate. He said, get used to this. Mm-hmm. Reese Harper blasted a grand slam. Right Reese, out of Hoskins. Reese Hoskins. Reese yeah. Hoskins blasted mm-hmm. right out of the stadium with a grand slam. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of exciting yesterday. He drilled yesterday, it. Out. That was gone. Yeah. It, it was really, it was fun. You couldn't have a better
1: opening day. It was perfect. Yeah. It was everything The weather was good.
0: It was everything the stadium that stadium fans was could have hoped for. The, the stadium looked beautiful. How cool is it? By the way, they have the Liberty Bell from the vet outside the stadium now. Yes, I think that's very cool. By the way, you know what else
1: is great? They're announcing team.
0: Yeah. They both radio and TV. They just they just have. I like switch over in different innings to catch different sides of and, it, and I really enjoy the audio on the radio broadcast where you can hear the sound. Better of the crowd. What I would like is
1: one or two games with Crook and Larry Anderson doing them together. <laughs> that, they that, wouldn't make any sense. No, but but it it'd would be, some be so stories. much fun. Did you
0: see Jimmy Rollins is going to call some games? Yeah, for MBC I, I think he's going to be a great analyst. He's been on MLB before yeah, for the playoffs. On, he's really good. He did it on TBS, yeah. and that should be very good. All right, Jeff. A um, couple things to you want to any more phillies talk well i i guess i, mean, we'll I should tell you season. the
1: results of the play-in game blooper the dog did beat quack the duck so <laughs> um he'll be he'll be
0: moving on so you can follow along on our at high hopes phil's we'll be Twitter doing account. a game every day there'll be a game every day a mascot yep. matchup leading into next week when we'll have and the this final will four next weekend
1: iron pigs mascots redding williams Lakewood and Clearwater yes sorry for people of the Dominican I have no idea what their
0: mascot is I only had room for that all right we'll leave baseball yeah. are we gonna go football basketball basketball basketball, basketball. Yeah. all right Jeff good night last night Sixers get back at it snap a two-game losing streak good night for Jojo very good night for yeah. Jojo uh they are now 48 and 27 on the season they haven't lost 3 in a row all season they're 30 and 9 at home mm-hmm. uh they they've won consecutive seasons for the first time since 8890 with 30 wins at it looks home looks like they've they're pretty close to locking in number 3 which now. is important yes it's very important and now with Giannis's injury to his ankle, mm-hmm. you know, who knows with Milwaukee with that what you end up seeing. Yeah. Um, who do you who would you like to see if you make it through the first round? Would you prefer to see Toronto or Milwaukee? Oh, if I make it through the first yeah. round. So you're assuming
1: you are making that assumption that we automatically win the first round.
0: I said if. Okay. I'm not making an assumption. Oh, I'm okay. asking you All the right. question. I think they will win in the first who round. Who do round. I want to see? Who do who would you prefer to play against? Toronto or Milwaukee? I'd prefer to play uh, Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, yeah, Toronto.
1: I, uh, I don't think Toronto is nearly as deep. Uh, I mean, Milwaukee's had some tough injuries over the last couple weeks, and they still seem to have – as long as Giannis is okay, I would think that they're going to be fine, um, meaning the Bucks. I don't think Toronto has the firepower. I think they're doing it with smoke and mirrors. I, I sort of feel the yeah. same way, and I'd like to but see I, Toronto. But I'll tell you what I'm concerned about was something that – Don't be concerned, Jeff. Happy is the first us. round in that – Yes, the Sixers won last night. The New Jersey— uh, Oops, oh, sorry. Old person mistake. The, n- the whatever, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets. Jeff. Brooklyn. Yeah, There'll be a
0: test on this later. Uh, yeah,
1: well, I already failed it. <laughs> you uh, did. The Brooklyn Nets have turned into a very good team. They are. And, and they've I, got draft picks. Uh, well, the draft picks won't play in the playoffs. No, but they'll but, be better but in years. I'm saying that it will not be a cakewalk if the Sixers have to play the Dets in the first round. They'll still win, but it will not be four and out. We'll go take a vacation and rest for the second I round. I just don't
0: want to see Boston until later on. That's really my only qualification for the playoffs. Yeah, I don't want to play Boston in the first round. That'll be a very uh-huh. physical series. They don't need that. I and want to play Detroit. b put up his 27th game of at least 30-10 of the year. That breaks Charles Barkley's Sixers' mark for the most such games in a season since eighty three eighty four. So that'll tell you the category of that he's in right now in terms of who he's comparable to. Uh, they have seven games left, Jeff. How are you feeling heading down the home stretch? I'm worried. I'm worried about the defense. I I just see a lot. People that I
1: thought were going to be lockdown defenders are not. I, I, there's something about Jimmy Butler's defense that he makes a lot of steals. He makes this spectacular play even on defense. You know, getting back and blocking with the hustle, but he seems to let a lot of guys get around him to his left, and I. I don't know why. It's very frustrating to watch it. And the, and the same thing with Simmons. There are times when Simmons should be a superior defender. And I'm not saying he's taken plays off, but it
0: ju- it does seem like he's not going full throttle all We're the gonna time. We're going to see Brett Brown continue to experiment with lineup. Shake Milton's gotten some run times. Ayer Smith got into a game. Yeah, well, he said they're not going to play in the playoffs, but... I'll tell you what, Shake Milton. He's, he has, said he said Shake Milton's
1: not going to play in the playoffs. I, I had then he I have had,
0: a concern. I thought he had said that he didn't expect those guys to get significant time, but I, I mean, I've enjoyed having Shake Milton on the floor sometimes more than TJ in terms well, of the so way that, the offense So made. that's it. I mean,
1: TJ played. He started the other
0: night and didn't score a point. Now in the half court offense, it's stagnant when TJ's at the point. Mm-hmm. They did. I don't know if it's, there's not enough movement. He doesn't have the vision. I, I like TJ. He's a fun player. Yeah, and he's an en- he's an, he's
1: a burst of energy, yes. and he's a leader on the team. But yes. he he at this point is not somebody who can play more than ten minutes without it being detrimental to the team. And, and shake can shake can and shakes. You know, he's a rifleman. He and can, granted he we're
0: can, colored by watching him all season play, but, but that gives us a better. But he's also come up and and done it in the game too. So it'll be interesting to see how how he's used in the last seven games. Of yeah, the
1: season. I I. I would be really worried if, if the Sixers made the decision already that these guys aren't going to get minutes. Well, we will see with that. Uh, Jeff, the Eagles
0: have a running back. Congratulations. This is exactly what I wanted. I've been You asked. want a guy with two first names? You always can never trust the guy with two Why first did names. Why you have to go there? Yeah? I, I told you all along, I just want them to trade for Jordan And Howard. you got it. I did. They yep. traded a sixth-round pick that could potentially be a fifth. I know you're not thrilled with it totally or year. I'm not poo-pooing it. I just he doesn't he doesn't strike me as a sexy choice. He's averaged 1,123 yards, eight touchdowns, and 24 catches in three seasons in the NFL. He's only owed two million dollars. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his comparisons, the most rushing yards since 2013: Zeke Elliott put 4,048. Todd Gurley 3441. Jordan Howard at thirty three seventy. Yeah, I was when you told me that before. I was really surprised by that. Now he's going to be your first and second down back. He, you know, they're still going to use Sproles and uh, Clement and you know Smallwood or whatever combination they use on third down. He also can catch the ball out of the backfield. Right. Um, I, I'm excited by it to see him behind the Philadelphia line with the weapons. Now, if you look at this team, you're going to put out on the field to start the season. Carson Wentz at quarterback, Deshaun mm-hmm. Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, and Nelson Aguilar at, at Wide receivers, right. Zach, Ertz Zach Ertz, and T- Dallas Goddard at yep. tight end, and and now Jordan Howard at running back. That's a tough thing to go against. By the
1: way, I don't know who these people are that that are on Twitter that keep saying Zach Ertz should be
0: traded. Other out of mine, come on, Zach Ertz really? Why go would you do that? Zach Ertz shouldn't go anywhere. By the way, if you're looking for something different, uh, I'm going to be involved with an event over on May 7th at the Marion. Uh, it'll be Doug Peterson in a conversation about leadership, put on by SJ Magazine. So Jeff, I'll be over there for that. Maybe you'll come join me. See I'll a different, be glad see to. a different side of Doug. Yeah. Um, if you want to get tickets you for that, be singing Happy Birthday. Uh, no, I oh. won't. Um, if you want to see tickets for that, you can go to sjmagazine.net. Jeff, do you want to talk NFL rule changes? Or you were down at the Union game the other night? Uh, yeah. I I don't know if we're gonna have time to get to the sound you got because we've only got like two minutes left. But I want to hear what the atmosphere was like down there. Because Uh, we had Brendan Aronson on the show last Friday. mm -hmm. And he had just scored his first goal. This was going to be his first home game with the team. And you were there. You talked to the coach. His section was loud. His section was loud. His section was loud. You talked to the coach after the game. So give me a summary of what happened at the Union game on Saturday night. Well, first of all, they won 3-0 against the
1: team that had the most points in the East. So right then and there, you got yourself a game. The stadium was pretty full and it was a cold night. It gets um, cold off the river. It does. Um, and But they played really well. And they were missing their Fabiani, Marco Fabiani, who's supposed to be their best offensive player. They didn't have Andre
0: Blake in goal either.
1: And I, they didn't have because he was away for an international match. So without them, they did that. I know they had a rough couple first games, but they did tie Atlanta United, who won the MLS last year, and then they beat the Columbus crew. I have a feeling that this team will be in the playoffs, and for those people that in the past have gotten frustrated, I think that you have a good coach
0: and a really good team and a bunch of really likable guys. You got to talk to Jim Curtin after the game mm-hmm. about Brendan Aronson in particular. Um or the, as the people Medford are Messi the Medford Messi as he apparently uh jokingly says people are calling yes. him I, like I said, I don't think we'll be able to put the inter- the audio in just because of time, but what what was the feel? What was the feel of that, Jeff, for you? Uh, As far as Curtin?
1: Yeah. I think Curtin was—I uh, think he was impressed by him in his first outing. Curtin has an experience because he's actually from here, and that was my, what my question was related to, is he played at Villanova. So him coming back here and coaching was— You know, a different kind of pressure, but it's still the coming home kind of pressure. And he's from Pennsylvania. And you have the same thing with Brendan Aronson. So he has a perspective that he can share about Brendan. And he's going to push him as hard as he can push him. And he thinks that Brendan, despite his youth, is up to being pushed. And as he says, he's a special player. What's on Jeff's sports agenda this weekend? Oh, geez, so much. We have all of the NCAA to sit through. And then uh, the, the Phillies baseball. Yeah, we're doing the uh, doubleheader of the Flyers versus the Rangers and then Phillies Sunday Night Oh, you baseball. guys are going to both games? Yeah.
0: Look at you. Uh-huh. That's going to be the last word for the week. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week.